Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast and Radio MD, iHeart, or whatever you download us from. Thank you very much. We have a wonderful guest and an important topic. The bees are always great guests, and you'll see that Paul Christo, who is an expert fentanyl as well as a leading pain specialist, he's author of the book Ache and Gains, Aches and Gains, A-C-H-E-S and Gains, a comprehensive guide to overcoming your pain, and has a show on XM Radio by that same name, Aches and Gains, um, is our guest today. He's an associate professor in the Division of Pain at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and director where he served as director of the Pain Fellowship Program for eight years and the Blaustein Pain Treatment Center for five years at Johns Hopkins. Paul, thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We are, of course, as usual, sponsored by LifeFirstNaturals.com. LifeFirstNaturals, if you go to that website, LifeFirstNaturals with an S.com, you will find uh, bovine colostrum and truebiotics. Bovine colostrum, of course, is something that you'll want to look at. Their randomized control data showing a decrease. The GI side effects from non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs uh, even aspirin by about 70%. Remarkable combination, 2,000 milligrams a day. And TrueBiotics, a probiotic that uh, has some very excellent data there as well on its benefits for bringing up children and an immune support. Fentanyl seems to have gotten hand in the United States um, what can we do about preventing the drug overdoses? Um, is there any way of, of stopping its illegal um, importation and contamination of drugs? Well, I think a lot of this is happening at the Mexican-American border, and it would be helpful, I think, if we empowered law enforcement uh, to, a greater, to a greater degree to prevent the transfer of you know, fentanyl illegally across the border. And um, how do you prevent that transfer? I mean, it's it's pretty potent, so it's a small amount that can really be hidden in even a shoe, right, or a uh, suitcase easily. That's right. I mean, uh, it can be strapped to the body. I think the reports of, you know, people strapping fentanyl to their body, even in, you know, orifices in the body, for example. So it can be, it can be tricky to detect. Uh, but I, it seems like, um, you know, if we had a greater presence, um, a stronger presence, if you will, uh, of law enforcement or the border agents, that that could help prevent the tide of what we're seeing come across the border. I, I've heard on some uh, your radio show, which is on XM Radio, Aches and Gains, as I understand it. And by the way, the website to learn more about Dr. Christo is paulchristomd.com. Um, in your radio show, you've talked about education and talking to kids about it. 
what do you talk to kids about and, and how many of the deaths are in kids now? More and more, sadly, are in kids and specifically young adults. And those would be those between the ages of, say, 13 to 25 years of age. Uh, you know, we, we know from the evidence that uh, drug misuse, so illicit drug misuse and abuse and even, you know, prescription drug misuse and abuse uh, of, gosh, opioids and stimulants and sedatives is most common in young adulthood. And I feel like uh, what we need to do here is to develop a greater strategy, educational strategy, uh, to prevent the abuse and misuse of these drugs at that age. That would mean more screening, for example, screening methods on the part of physicians, you know, who see these patients um, to help prevent drug misuse. Um, when I was, as you know, I ran a department at the University of Chicago and then at the Cleveland Clinic, we did, um, to try and decrease the use, we did practice interventions, had the residents do them on each other, which is a very um, frightening event. But doing that, it seemed to, I mean, we only had, we had very few, we had one abuse in over uh, a thousand residents and nurse anesthetists trained. Um, does that have a role, do you think, in the general population or, um, in other words, what we're struggling with is um, how to get this to the general population? I think that can have a role. Uh, I think that I'm thinking more along the lines of what we do for patients who have chronic pain and who are on chronic opioid therapy. That is, you know, we, we use mitigation strategies to help reduce risk of abuse, misuse, overdose, and death. We do that by using, um, uh, well, urine drug testing, for example, right? So we test to make sure that the drugs we're prescribing show up in the urine and also that drugs that we're not prescribing or illicit drugs are not showing up in the urine. And I think that's important to do for young adults, specifically, you know, who are on some of these medications that we're talking about or who we know are at risk of using illicit substances. And um, in how widespread is that practice? Um, that is, are, are people getting the illicit drugs or the fentanyl? Are they getting it because they're buying drugs over the counter or how are they getting them? Tell us, set the stage for us. Well, they're mostly getting them on the street. So they're purchasing them from the street. I mean, this is in contrast from several years ago when, you know, the, sort of the opioid epidemic began and that related to the use of uh, prescription opioids to a greater extent than non-prescription opioids and uh, the misuse of those, the abuse of those and overdose and death related to prescription opioids. But, you know, over the last several years, we've really seen the synthetic drug fentanyl uh, as the major source of overdoses and death and not among pain patients. Really, this is among people who are purchasing these uh, drugs illegally on the street. Are most of the people, try I'm, what I'm trying to understand is, are most of these people trying to get opioids um, and getting the just too great a dose or most of the people getting trying to get some other drug like valium or something like that and they're tainted with opioids what's the what's the process so 
many of our listeners are obviously drug naive in this way. So help us understand a little bit about how this is happening. Well, it's a combination of both items that you that you suggested there. One, uh, people are buying drugs on the street, say it might be a pill of oxycodone, it might be cocaine, it might be uh, methamphetamine that is tainted with fentanyl unknowingly. And that is leading to increased risk and death. It's also related to those that are purchasing fentanyl outright. You know, they're, they're, it's, they're not uh, purchasing other drugs that are tainted with fentanyl. They just, they're just purchasing fentanyl illegally on the streets. And the danger here is that if you have to put this into perspective, um, you know, fentanyl is about 80 to 100 times more potent than morphine, which means that, you know, you don't need very much in order to achieve an effect, certainly a pain relieving effect, but also you don't need much that can lead to problems breathing. And it's the respiratory depression, you know, suppression, if you will, that leads to death. Let's, put you in a different spot. Um, say that uh, you now um, are in charge of spending the money that's coming from the drug settlement, which was established based on the um, addiction people got from uh, some of the uh, prescription drugs. Um, what? How would you spend that? How would you use that to help with this crisis? Well, I would for sure uh, make available naloxone known as Narcan, which is the opioid reversal agent to a much greater degree than it is across the country. There's no question that Narcan saves lives, you know, for those that are overdosing on fentanyl or other opioids. So I would make sure that we have an adequate supply across the country in every state because we don't yet. I also would spend some of that money on overdose prevention centers. You know, the first was in New York City. I think others now are being developed in the United States. Uh, You know, this is where clean needles and syringes are provided. Uh, Addiction services are offered. But mainly they have someone there who, if you will, oversees the use of the drug. It seems antithetical. It seems, you know, contradictory. But... You know, we have data from Canada, for example, that has shown a 35% decrease in overdose deaths by these overdose prevention centers. And um, what would you do from a standpoint of chronic pain treatment? In other words, you run a chronic pain treatment uh, center or pain treatment center um, at Johns Hopkins. Um, And again, we're talking to Paul Christo who is a pain specialist and the author of the book Aches and Gains and the uh, serious XM radio show by the same name, Aches and Gains. Would, are, are the pain centers like yours available enough? Do they use the multimodalities you use? Should more training be involved in that? What, what could we do to, to bolster, to boost, if you will, or bolster that usage or that expertise? Gosh, I mean, over a third of the population in our country alone suffers from chronic pain. That's over 100 million people suffer from chronic pain, which is certainly an epidemic in and of itself. Worldwide, 
it's 1.5 billion, if you can believe it. Uh, pain, unfortunately, remains poorly treated and undertreated and has become a significant public health problem. You know, even in the young adults that we mentioned earlier, uh, there was a recent article that indicated that 11% of young adults across the world suffer from chronic pain that's mostly musculoskeletal. So I think we're making strides. I think there are more pain centers across the country that are available for those in need that, as you mentioned, yes, use these non-opioid strategies. And there are a lot of them. I mean, Mike, there are you know, non-opioid medications that we use, a multitude of injections and procedures, and even new exciting you know, neurostimulation therapies that can help reduce chronic pain. If uh, so, the bottom line, since we only have a few minutes left there, um, Paul, is that there are alternatives to opioids for pain therapy. There are, um, and, and correct me if I'm not summarizing what you said, that if you have chronic pain, and a third of Americans, you said, have chronic pain of some sort, they should seek out one of these uh, pain therapy centers. I guess the, the next question, which is, Probably an obvious one is how do they find such centers? Can they find it on by uh, dialing or um, dialing into the XM program aches and gains, or how do you how would you help them find such centers? Well, certainly uh, they can go to the aches and gains website as you mentioned for support for help. I have a gosh many many shows that I've done over eleven years. Uh, I think that are very helpful in providing guidance and advice with respect to treating chronic pain interventionally, you know, with, with uh, integrative therapies, with um, procedural therapies and injections, as well as medicines. I think they can go to Google and they can, you know, type in chronic pain centers uh, based on where they're located, and many will pop up. I, and, you know, there are many private practices that offer uh, pain services as well as academic centers, like where I am now, where you have been, that... Um, provide resources for those who have chronic pain. Thank you very much. Um, this has been a conversation with Dr. Paul Christo. Paul Christo, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-M-D.com is where you can find out more about him or on the Aches and Gains book or the Aches and Gains website or um, the Aches and Gains XM series radio program. You've been listening to You, the Owner's Manual podcast on Radio MD or iHeart or wherever you've downloaded us from. Thank you very much for doing so. By the way, do go to our sponsor's website, lifesfirstnaturals.com, especially if you're prescribed a opiate or do uh, intense exercise. This is a great way of helping to minimize the gastrointestinal effects of that intense exercise or those non-steroidals. Thanks again. Caitlin, thank you for great engineering. We'll be back next week. This has been 1110B. The A's are always the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. Dial that as well. Thanks again. <laughs>